I'm Bruce Sinclair and welcome to this podcast from Jordan Hill Parish Church, during which we will share in reading, reflection, prayer and song for Sunday the 23rd of May, Pentecost Sunday. Today our reader is Ray Small and our hymns are sung by Ferry Hill Parish Church Congregation and the St Magnus Festival Chorus, led by Glenis Hughes. Hello everyone, the reading for Pentecost Sunday is taken from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, reading verses 1 to 21 the coming of the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost came, all the believers were gathered together in one place. Suddenly there was a noise from the sky which sounded like a strong wind blowing and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw what looked like tongues of fire which spread out and touched each person there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to talk in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were Jews living in Jerusalem, religious men who had come from every corner in the world. When they heard this noise, a large crowd gathered. They were all excited because each one of them heard the believers speaking in his own language. In amazement and wonder, they explained, these people who are talking like us are Galileans. How is it then? that all of us hear them speaking in our own native languages. We are from Parthia, Media and Elam, from Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, from Pontus and Asia, from Phrygia and from Pilia, from Egypt and the regions of Libya near Cyrene. Some of us are from Rome, both Jews and Gentiles converted to Judaism, and some of us are from Crete and Arabia. Yet all of us hear them speaking in our own languages about the great things that God has done. Amazed and confused, they kept asking each other, what does this mean? But others made fun of the believers, saying that these people are drunk. Then Peter stood up with the other eleven apostles and in a loud voice began to speak to the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, listen to me and let me tell you what this means. These people are not drunk as you suppose, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Instead, this is what the prophet Joel spoke about. This is what I will do in the last days, God says. I will pour out my spirit on everyone. Your sons and daughters will proclaim my message. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will have dreams. Yes, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will proclaim my message. I will perform miracles in the sky above, and wonders on the earth below. There will be blood, fire, and thick smoke. The sun will be darkened, and the moon will turn red as blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. And then, whoever calls out to the Lord for help will be saved. 
Amen. And thanks be to God for this reading from his holy word. The Danish theologian and philosopher Søren Kierkegaard wrote widely about the church, religion and ethics. Much of his work deals with Christian love and how individuals live out their faith and life. In his book, Either or A Fragment of Life, he looked at the religious idea of hope and said, hope is a passion for the possible. Hope is a passion for the possible. Hope is something that we could do with a whole lot of just now to take us beyond the difficulties of the world, beyond harmful fighting in the Middle East, beyond pandemic, beyond the rising tensions of daily living and the difficulties of life. Kierkegaard said helpfully that hope is something that we hold dear. We look to the future with it. Hope brings tomorrow a little closer, and that tomorrow is the vision of something better, a brighter possibility for the future. Having a deep-held passion and openness for possibility brings with it a deep sense of trust. The story of Pentecost in the early church is one that is filled with hope and trust and brings nearer the possibility of something new for those disciples. It is a passage that concentrates on the power of the Holy Spirit moving and invigorating life. 
Through images of wind and fire, we catch a glimpse of God's power, disturbing, challenging and filling the people. The disciples are gathered in a room, perhaps the upper room, waiting for the consummation of Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit. Just days before, they had stood watching Jesus being lifted up to heaven, and he had sent them back to Jerusalem to wait and to pray. When all of a sudden the earth shakes, the wind blows, tongues of fire descend. But it was not the wind, there was not real fire, but something that resembled it. We are dealing with a story here that is more about symbols than about hard facts, for this is a story, a classic in the early church, that was recorded so that the truth of what the church was becoming is portrayed as being blessed by God and being part of the fulfilment of his promise. The story of the fire of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, reminds us that it is the church community that is at the heart of things, and that the church community will be at times given hope by this story, and sometimes the church community will be found seeking more from this story. In the past, in the Old Testament, God's Spirit had only been given to individuals, one at a time. God's Spirit was restricted to certain special people and could come and go. Worse than that, people in the time of Jesus really believed that the Holy Spirit was a thing of the past, a thing of history. And here we find God's Holy Spirit descending on the people there and then, but to a whole people, a whole community, not just individuals. With this wonderful story, the Holy Spirit bursts in again on the story of God's people and spreads like wildfire. It was dawn on that day of Pentecost, and the new day burst open with an eruption of sounds from heaven. Things were coming loose, things were breaking open. Was it symbolic reminder of the Spirit of God that brooded over dark waters of creation and Genesis, bringing new life? Or was it a reminder of the same Spirit of God that rattled the dry bones in Ezekiel's prophecy that gave breath and new life to corpses? Then comes what appears like fire, and all receive the gift, all receive the inspiration, all receive the baptism of fire that was to transform that relatively small number of frightened individuals into a still relatively small number of men and women who, from somewhere, found the courage to speak up and to act in the name of Jesus. Foundations shaking in a gale, random tongues of fire appearing in the air above people's heads. But this isn't a story about health and safety. This is a story about life, about passion, about danger, about imagination, about new life, and about possibility. The disciples are emboldened to preach the gospel first in Jerusalem and eventually to the ends of the earth. We might be led to believe that this dramatic Pentecost event, which transforms the disciples, solves all their problems, 
and delivers an almost idyllic Hollywood film happy ending. Except it's not really a happy ending. The work of the disciples is just beginning, and they go on to face struggle and persecution, and the overwhelming majority eventually endure martyrdom. It might be fanciful thinking to envisage the Holy Spirit solving all the disciples' problems. Far from it. Controversially, the Holy Spirit seems to cause more problems than it solves. What if the disciples had not been commissioned and equipped to go and share that good news? They could have kept the truth of the resurrection for themselves, cherishing the pleasant memories of Jesus' resurrection, keeping that into their anecdotage. Instead, they are thrown out into the crowds, many of whom witnessed, if not participated in, the crucifixion of Jesus. And then they're sent to bear witness to a difficult truth. They preach and thousands respond, but never without cost. Should it be any different today? The Holy Spirit brought opportunities and challenges and the possibility of hope for the early church. And this prompts us to view the work of the Holy Spirit differently. The Spirit doesn't solve our problems, but invites us to see possibilities we would not have seen otherwise. Rather than remove our fear, the Spirit grants us courage to move forward. Rather than promise safety, the Spirit promises God's presence. Rather than remove us from the turbulent world, or even settle the turbulence, the Spirit enables us to keep our footing amid the tremors. Even at Jesus' own baptism, the same Spirit that baptises also sends him out into the wilderness. At the Church of Scotland General Assembly yesterday, Martin Fair, when stepping down as moderator, said, for as long as there is fire in the world, the church must be there to help quench it. The fire of homelessness, the fire of persecution, the fire of unemployment, drug abuse, trafficking, the fire of poverty, the fire of inequality. There, the church needs to be still, fighting and quenching. At Pentecost, we can share the good news that the Holy Spirit continues to help us see possibilities where others only see problems and grants us, the church, the strength and the energy to show that we can grow, shine and ignite a fire of God's constant, unquenchable love, bringing hope and possibility to the world. Amen. Let us pray. O Holy Spirit, bearer of life, born upon the wind and fire, stirrer of the waters of the world, your presence shakes and shatters, weaves and brings wonder into our world. 
as you came to the community of believers and doubters, gathered in Jerusalem, touching each one with passion and purpose, so today pour yourself out once more upon us, a community of believers and doubters, needing your courage and your comfort and challenge in our lives. As we speak the words of the glory of God in many languages and with many meanings across this nation and this world, give us not only tongues to speak, but ears with which to listen, and minds which will take time to understand one another. In this new language of hope, possibility, inclusion and love, may there be compassion and sincerity in all that we say. We pray that our words and prayers, spoken and acted out, might touch the difficult, fiery places of our world. We grieve at acts of conflict that we see, actions that have no place today in a world where all are valued. Let your spirit light our world so that we can all work together to find a holy peace. Light gently upon the poor and the hungry, the homeless and the refugee, the sick and the unemployed, the downtrodden and the oppressed, the angry and the grieving. O oh God, bless your church this day, that wherever God's children are gathered to worship, online or in person, God's spirit of truth and joy might fill each soul and each time of worship. Inspire your church, we pray, Light it with hope and passion, drawing it together as a community of faith for all. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from a time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
Through the spirit of Pentecost, let us now go in peace to love and to serve, to serve and to love, to share God's good news of possibility and hope. Thank you for joining with me today for this time of worship. And now, may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those you love this day and every day. Amen.